What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous player. Um, I actually know him a little bit off the field as well. Great dude. Um, he, they put a lot on his shoulders, and he, he, he rises, to the, rises to the occasion. I mean, he's able to run the ball. He can throw the ball. He has the arm, arm strength to throw anywhere on the football field, and he makes great decisions. So, uh, like you said, we'll probably play them a lot of times. Uh, it'll be great competition. Uh, and uh, it's definitely a great challenge for us as a, as a team to, to compete with them. And finally, we are back at it. Playoff time, baby. We got that fake playoff stuff out of the way, whatever that was with the Steelers. That was just, just awful. No reason for them to be in the playoffs. No reason for the Chiefs to have played last week, to be honest with you. They should have used that bye. But now it is the real playoffs. Uh, my favorite weekend of the year where you got double barrel action on both conferences and you got really good games and maybe the game of the weekend. And I think it is because it's the last game that they have scheduled. Bills, Chiefs, I'm ready to roll. I'm not even going to wear no draws for that game on Sunday. I'm telling you, I'm just free balling it right now. And I'm that that's when I'm excitable. And, and if there are great plays made, Sir, do you know what I do when I get excited with great plays? Pants come off, and who knows what happens. So if if if, if Mahomes or Hill or Kelsey or anybody make great plays, pants is coming off, and I'm not gonna have no draws on. It's playoff time, baby. I'm ready to rock. So and you, you roll, watch this game by yourself, then, right? Nope. I'm going to a bar. That's right. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna be by myself watching it. Probably half in the bag, but uh, but no, I can't wait for this thing. And uh, listen, I'm gonna jump into it, fellas. This game to me is a game of Patrick Mahomes. Who the hell are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you Tom Brady like, or are you Drew Brees like? Listen, Pat is a Hall of Fame level type player. In fact, I think if his career ended right now, I think he there's a real chance he could get in even just with this four-year span. He's a Hall of Fame level player. But is he Hall of Fame level like Breeze, Rodgers, uh, those guys? Or is he psycho great? Is he elite of the elite is he in the i'm trying to chase the goat conversation because this is one of those games that puts him in it you got josh allen a man who is coming for it he is coming for it the way he played last week he put 47 damn near himself on bill belichick in the freezing cold in buffalo and went off and now he's coming back here And the last time he was here, he was, without a shadow of a doubt, the best player on the field when they whooped your ass in your place 38-20. to Who are you, Patrick Mahomes? Are you Brady-like because Brady don't lose this game? Or are you Breeze Rodgers? Hey, I got a Super Bowl. 
I got great regular season stats, but hey, I lose some of these games. Who are you? That's what this game is about because to me, BK, the team that wins this game will have the best player on the field. And I think that needs to be Patrick Mahomes if he is who we think he is. Yeah, this is a legacy game. This is for the team. If we're going to be talking dynasty stuff, and that was the conversation early on, right? Can the Chiefs be a dynasty? The only way you're a dynasty is if you win this game. Because otherwise, that conversation goes completely out the door. If you don't go to the Super Bowl this year, if you end up losing last year, not going to the Super Bowl this year, and you've got one in a three-year stretch and then maybe another one the next year, that, that's not a dynasty. That, that's the Seahawks. Yeah, that's a different conversation entirely and still a great run, but that's not the same thing that we're talking about here. This is this is as excited, Ron. I told you guys this before the game or before the, the podcast, and I know you laughed at me, and that's fine. Um, this is as excited yeah. as I've been about a Chiefs game in a really long time. Brandon, right? you I, text you text me, I'm sports horny on like Tuesday. <laughs> you text us. I'm, I, hey, man, I'm, like I'm happy he's horny for sports. I, I am so fired up about this game. Like everything you love about sports, it's encompassed into this game. You love big rivalries, that's this. You love something that's been a, had a build up. Like we got to see these teams in the playoffs. We've seen this before. And now Josh Allen is coming. He had his moment last week. The Bills have not punted in three of their last four games, Ron. You remember the no-punt game? The Bills have done that in three of their last four games. That's more than the rest of the league combined in that stretch. Josh Allen is playing the best football he's ever played. I didn't know he was capable of this. I didn't think he was going to be this kind of good in a playoff game against that defensive mind in Bill Belichick. Well, he just proved me wrong. He is up to the task of beating the Chiefs this week. And now it's up to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo to find a way on their home field to prevent that from happening. And the winner of this game, I'm totally with you, Ron. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Whoever wins yep. this game, I think, is the this de facto is, AFC champion. Yep. This is the AFC championship game to me. Like this, this feels this feels big. And that's why, man, in these games, when we say legacy, I know I know Serta has said that earlier. When we say legacy, when we talk like this this game. I got eyes square on 15. He embarrassed you, man. He came into your building on Sunday night football on national television and walked in there and whooped y'all's tails. They're not scared, right? That's a big thing. Like the Bills are not coming in here with that. Like sometimes the Chiefs, they're able to fear teams right off the bat, and they have an advantage right off the rip. That is not the case here. The Bills are not coming in nervous. Josh Allen is not coming in scared. Like, you have to take this from him and take this from because there is nobody who is throwing it and running it as a dual quarterback to the clip that this cat is right now, and he is ready to roll. We haven't been seeing that the idiot Josh Allen lately that, you know, laterals balls out of nowhere for no reason when he's just running and just throws inexcusable picks to start game like we're not seeing that dude we're seeing the dude coming together like the thing that's scary about him right now fellas is like he's not just doing the off platform form stuff well like the on time stuff the the stuff where hey get it out quick get it out get your first re-hit. like he's doing that stuff well and when he's doing that stuff well, combining with 
all of the extra crazy stuff that he can do with his legs or outside of the pocket with his arm strength, that's the scary thing. But but Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be the best. And Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be the next Brady. He is supposed to be the best in the world and stands up in these games. And he's been able to do this to everybody not named Tom Brady. He's been able to sit down everybody not named Tom Brady. He's got to do it to Josh Allen. Because as you said, little buddy is coming. He is trying to take the throne. He is trying to say next year when people are talking about who's the team to beat in the AFC, teams are saying who is most equipped to beat Buffalo, not Kansas City anymore. And that's what's been the conversation the last couple of years is who is the team to beat the Chiefs? He's trying to come in to say, no, from here on out, it's going to be who is the team that can stop Josh Allen and the Beals. And Patrick Mahomes, if you are in the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, LeBron, Kobe type of mindset, Jeter mindset, you don't let him walk into your doors and take that from you. You yeah. just don't. Last week, you you had the conversation, Ron, and we disagreed on this. You said, hey, I, I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is still the number one guy. And I said, I, I think that will be determined this postseason. I, I think these playoffs will decide who that guy is. I think that's kind of up for debate right now. And if you were going to argue for Aaron Rodgers, you've got all of the ammunition you need right now. If you're going to argue for Patrick Mahomes, and I would, I think you've got plenty of ammunition. The thing that has changed in this conversation is, I think Josh Allen has thrown his name into the hat. And this week, I've seen a lot of conversations that are have, being had from who I believe to be smart football people who have said, I don't know that I would take Patrick Mahomes for the rest of his career over Josh Allen right now. Now, I disagree with that assessment. I would still go Mahomes over Josh Allen. But if Allen beats you head-to-head and he outperforms you on this stage, I think it's a real conversation that like Monday morning, you look at the talk shows, most of those people will be saying, Josh Allen has now overtaken Patrick Holmes in the AFC. Right, wrong, or indifferent. We can disagree with that assessment, but that's going to be the conversation on Monday morning if Allen is able to actually do this. And, Serta, you know, you know there are a lot of Chiefs fans who will hear that and think that's just crazy talk, that silliness that anyone would even put Josh Allen in that category. But, no, people are not insane if they say that people are not haters, if they say that like Josh Allen is playing at a level that is insane. Like it is up there with Mahomes, like here lately. And the last time they met, they blew him out. And if he does that two games in a row in Arrowhead, <laughs> the games that matter, like that, that's a conversation. Yeah. But Anybody who has a problem with that statement isn't thinking about this logically and they haven't watched Josh Allen play enough lately. Like the Bills and the Chiefs, like these are two really, really comparable football teams who have Super Bowl expectations coming into the into the regular season. And then you see them struggle and, and go up and down like this is a Bills team that lost nine to six in the worst ups regular season upset ever against the urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh like, no, man. This that chargers, team... that chargers lost to David Cully's Texans. 
And that, uh, that Tennessee like Titans just, lost to just the Just based Texans. on like like a point spread basis, like betting basis, that is the worst regular season upset ever in NFL history. And they lost that football game and got dominant and only scored six points. Like both of these teams have been really inconsistent. But if you look at what Josh Allen has done over the last month, and it's similar to the Chiefs where – once they kind of figure things out and they hit their stride, you're like, okay, okay. That's what we've been expecting all season long. And right now he is playing absolutely out of his mind. Like he is an unstoppable force. I talked about on this podcast, like that I thought Aaron Rodgers was just playing a step above everybody else. Every time you watch him, he's just making it look easier than everybody else does. Josh Allen's doing that right now. Like Josh Allen's just making it look easy. And the things that he's doing are not easy. Like he is locked into his own over the last three, four weeks of the season that I don't think he's ever been in. Like he is at a level right now, even last year where he was in MVP conversations, he is playing the best football he has ever played in his entire career. Ron, I know that a lot of chiefs fans have been looking for who's that quarterback going to be that Mahomes has as his rival. Like we've been talking about this. They've tried him. everybody, right? Like Deshaun Watson was that guy. Baker Mayfield, we had conversations about him. Could could he be that guy? I mean, it, it's gone. We've gone through the gauntlet at this point, where basically every young quarterback has had their Lamar. moment yeah. to to potentially be that guy. I mean, the answer to the question might be the one that's been staring us in the face the whole time. It very well may be Josh Allen. And I mentioned this this uh, matchup to you before, and I, I know you might disagree with this. This reminds me so much of 2003 Colts versus Patriots because at that point in time, Brady already had his ring. At that point, uh, Manning did not. Manning was still kind of on the come up and we had seen it from him. He had put up some numbers, but he hadn't had the postseason success just yet. He came into Kansas City and that was the no punt game where Indianapolis looked unstoppable. And then they went and played against the Patriots. And you know what the Patriots did? They stomped them. They said, no, uh, -uh, you ain't on our level. Not just yet. The Colts ended up getting there a couple of years later, 2006, Manning was able to get his. But Brady was able to put his foot on his throat and say, no, you're not quite here yet. And really, it was Belichick with that defense that was able yeah. to do it. But they won, and history remembers the victors, right? They get to write the history. And that's what the Chiefs need to do here. If Mahomes is chasing those ghosts, and that ghost is really Tom Brady, this is the game Brady won early in his career, and it set the narrative forward. In the postseason, Manning actually beat Brady head-to-head more often than Brady beat Manning head-to-head. That's not how we remember it, because early, Brady was the one that got those victories head-to-head against Peyton, and we remember it of Peyton throwing the picks to Ty Law. So what you need to do early on in this, you already got the first one. Now you got to get the second one. Set that narrative in motion for you to be the guy that head-to-head against Josh Allen. Everybody knows you're the one that's going to get that victory. No, I mean, it, it just the thing is, is the, the thing that's really concerning is, could you be just in the midst of some incredible run that Josh Allen is on right now? Like, that's the thing is, like, I don't know that necessarily I believe Josh Allen is consistent enough yet to make me say, like, this is who he is, how he's played the last month. But he is clearly on a run right now. He's on a heater. He's on a he's heater. On, he's <laughs> on a heater. And if he's if his heater continues, he can heat his ass right through Arrowhead with a win. And the thing is, Pat's got to stop it. Like, Pat's got to stop it and put so much pressure on him. And as Serta said, 
that's the way. I still think that pressure mistake Josh Allen is in there. It was in there a month ago. I don't think it moves that fast. But if you let that cat get confidence, like that's 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 that can be problematic. This is a real deal. This is the best quarterback. Like I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna say this right now. This is the best quarterback. The way he's playing, the best quarterback they have faced in the Mahomes era. I'm not saying he's better than Tom Brady. I'm talking about the way he is playing. The way he is playing, his play currently, the way he's playing, is the best game they've had to play against a quarterback. Tom you Brady. Remember, I think the way that I look at it, Ron, you remember how when people would say the Chiefs' best is better than anybody else's best? I, I think Josh Allen's best, which is what we're seeing right now, is as good, if not better, than anybody, any other quarterback in the league's best because of the way that he does it, because he can also win on the ground. He's combining Cam Newton's ability as a runner with like almost Patrick Mahomes level ability as a passer. And when you have that combination, man, it's so hard to beat. Like Tom Brady obviously is a better quarterback, more consistent quarterback than Josh Allen. But the peak version of Josh Allen, the guy that can run for 150 on the ground and throw for 350 through the air, run for two touchdowns, throw for three, that guy is terrifying in a way that I don't think there's any other quarterback in the league that can quite match that other than maybe Lamar and Josh Allen's physicality that he brings to the game. I think even sets him apart from Lamar. Five times they faced Brady in this time frame, the regular season and postseason games. Like going into those games, Tom Brady was not playing at the level that Josh Allen is playing in right now. His team's won, but his but the level of play, Phillip Rivers in this early stage wasn't playing at this level. Lamar wasn't playing at this level. Josh Allen from last year wasn't playing at this level. This is the best quarterback, like the way they're playing right now, that they've ever had to face in this Andy Reid and Mahomes era. So it's not just like a joke. Like he, you can't just sit there and, and think like he's gonna make mistakes. Like you got to go in there, you know, thinking like this dude. This is Patrick Mahomes. You're playing. This is this is the best of the best that you're playing, and you got to come rolling right off the bat. Cam Newton is such a good comparison for him, just because of his rushing ability. But he's a better passer than Cam Newton ever was in his career. And that's the thing, too, is like he still struggled with accuracy. And last season was his most accurate season. And then this season, it kind of took a dip. But when he's on like he is right now, he just throws lasers everywhere. He can throw lasers across the entire football field. And we saw him do it against New England and against that Bill Belichick defense where he was he was checking four five options and finding the guy and just drilling a fastball into the perfect spot like he's just playing at an incredible level. No, oh, yeah. So this is a real ball game, and this is a a quarterback that is on the same level straight up as Patrick uh, Mahomes. All right, we do this as we do every week when the Chiefs have the ball and when the Bills have the ball. Let's start off with the Chiefs, and I think. The number one thing that comes to my mind with this game is, fellas, they can't they can't start off lackadaisical and coming in non-focused and low energy and 
a we're going to sleepwalk through these first eight minutes. Like, they can't do what they did last week. And it's really not just, just last week against Steelers. That first quarter, I mean, they, they nearly had hung a half a hundred on the Steelers last week, and they just didn't do a damn thing in the first quarter and didn't really seem like wanting to. Like, they gave them they, – they had opportunities. McCole Hardman returned two kicks with good field position. I mean, one of them inside damn near to the red zone, if not in it, and they ain't do nothing with them. Turnovers, punts. Tommy Townsend saw his ass way too much in that game. They can't come out that way, right? As we've just said, they're playing a real dude. This is a real offense and a real team that is not afraid of you and that you can't just expect like you were able to do to Ben Roethlisberger's old ass and the rest of them that you could just hold them down. No, you can't expect that. If you come out slow starting, lackadaisical, you're going to be – down 20 to nothing and 21 to nothing. And I know this team has been able to roll out. And, and I know you remember the magical Super Bowl run where you were down by, by double digits in every game, including 24 to nothing against Deshaun Watson. Well, listen, I love Deshaun Watson, the player. Josh Allen is playing at another level than even that Deshaun Watson. And if you want to press your luck being down 20 to 20 or 24 to nothing to this Bills team, I, I don't think the Chiefs team is as good as that one, and I don't know that, that that's a good recipe. They have to come out ready to go and ready to attack right from the damn jump. I know the Bills are because they've done it all year long, Ron. This is the best first-quarter defense in the NFL on the season. They've allowed their opponents to score an average of two points in the first quarter this year. That is the best in the league by a wide margin. And then offensively, they're top five. The Chiefs were technically the best first-quarter offense this year, scoring an average of seven and a half points per game in the first quarter. It was right up there with Dallas. Buffalo's right behind them at six and a half points per game in the first quarter. They get off to hot starts both offensively and defensively. If the Chiefs get off to a slow start the way they did last week, and that has not always been the case for this team, but we've seen it at times where it just looks like they're not prepared. They're not ready to go for whatever reason. And four consecutive drives against the Steelers where they just had nothing. Nothing was working for them nothing. offensively. If you do that against the Bills, you're going to get behind early. You're going to you're going to get suffocated defensively. And then Josh Allen and that running game that they have now built on Buffalo, the last time these two teams faced, Buffalo had no semblance of a running game. Now Devin Singletary is a legitimate threat as a runner. Josh Allen is a real threat on the ground as well. This team will just start rolling you offensively. They're going to get into play action on second and third down, and you are, uh, you're just trying to find yourself. You're spinning defensively because you have no idea what's coming up at you. They cannot get off to another slow start, or this is not going to be like the 2019 postseason where you were able to come back. This team's too good for that. No, I, most definitely. Like I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why. It feels like. It feels like sometimes the Chiefs have to get punched in the face or something. Like they got to see something like, oh, this team can actually play with us. It was like, oh, God, uh, T.J. Watt just scored a touchdown on us. Oh, okay, let's let's pull it together now. Let's, let's attempt to throw the ball to 87 and 10, and let's get the ball in their hands. Like they didn't touch it the first drive. I know he tried to throw it to Travis a couple of times, but they weren't. And then all of a sudden right then they woke up. They had to hit the smell and salt. Everybody on the team, at least everybody mm-hmm. on the offense, because the defense, I want to take that back. The defense was ready to roll, and special teams was ready to roll. But the whole offense took some smelling salt or whatever the hell, and then they were ready to roll. 
that can't be the that cannot be it tonight or on, on Sunday night. That cannot be it. Like I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take from them to be ready. I would hope they're going to be ready. I, I think some of it is, man, we ain't gonna lose no damn Steelers. Like we ain't gonna lose the damn Steelers. We ain't gonna lose the damn. Hopefully in this game, they think like we think and many other people think like the Buffalo Bills can come right in here and whoop your ass because they did it in week five. So I think I think a real key to this game is getting off to a really good pace and starting off really good in this game. I know if, if Andy gets his druthers, he'll defer and that's fine. But like they got they got a rock and roll to right off the bat and you can see it against the Steelers you could see that oh hell they just they don't even give a damn right now until they did and that's got to start right from the jump all right the other part here when the Chiefs have the ball I think this is I just want to throw this this question out because you look at the Bills numbers right sir the Bills numbers are amazing right they they're number one I think in yards number one across the board in a lot of things passing uh, their pass defense is really, really good. They don't they've give given, up. They've given up the least first downs in the NFL. They don't give up big. They've plays. got like the third most interceptions. Like their passing defense, especially the numbers are like astronomical. Like we look at them, you're like, I had no idea Buffalo's passing defense was this dominant all year. What was going on? They never give up big plays. They don't. And like, and when they played the Chiefs, um, they. You know, the Chiefs were kind of going through that weird stage of they don't know how to play against teams. And and they were holding the Chiefs down themselves. Like they weren't the Chiefs weren't able to get big plays and that play into the hands of what the Bills normally do. I think the thought is first, like going into this game, should Andy, Eric, and the Chiefs and Patton and company be looking at this like, hey, this is this is the best defense in the league. And they are as good as their stats say. I don't know if I believe that, but that is most definitely something they've got to look at in terms of how they're going to attack them. So it's interesting. I remember a couple of years ago, the Chiefs played against the Patriots. It was like week, it was like week seven or eight. It was midway through the season. And at the time, the Patriots had like clearly the number one defense defense in the league. But they were like scoring the, every game. Yeah, you looked that, at their opponents. Stephon Gilmore depot year. Yep, and, and you looked at their opponents, and you're like, man, I, I don't know how real this is. They were going up against the Jets, like, twice early in the season. They went up against, like, two different backup quarterbacks. I was like, I, I understand that the numbers are what they are, but I don't feel like they're going to be able to do this against Mahomes. And they couldn't because that defense was very good, but it wasn't all-time great or anything like that. I kind of feel the same against the Bills. I do believe they're a really good defense. And I think Sean McDermott is an excellent defensive mind. And I I think Leslie Frazier is a worthy head coaching candidate with what he's done on that side of the ball as well. But, Ron, I'm going to list you the quarterbacks that they've gone up against since they played against Patrick Mahomes. Okay, this is every quarterback they've seen since that game against the Chiefs. Ryan Tannehill, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Mike White, Carson Wentz, Trevor Simeon, Tom Brady, that's a good one. They ended up uh, giving up 33 points against the Bucs, though. Cam Newton, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones again. That is not exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks that they've gone up against. None of those guys other than Tom Brady are definitive top 10 guys. 
you can make an argument. They didn't even go up against really any other top 15 guys other than Brady. Maybe you would consider Ryan Tannehill to be in that category. And the Titans kind of had their way against the, uh, the Bills as well. So I think they're good. I do think they are absolutely worthy of praise. I do not think that this is some all-time great defense. In fact, I I think at least pass defense-wise, you, you went up against a, a similar type of opponent last week with the Steelers to what you're going up against this week. I don't think we're going to see a ton of stops this week because the Bills are like this otherworldly defense. No, this isn't the Legion of Doom or Boom. This isn't the Ravens defense. This isn't all of that. And, and they're, they're, I think in particular, like Serta said, they're passing, uh, their passing numbers in terms of how they defend the pass are very impressive. And then you match that with what the Chiefs do really well. That's, that's something that maybe gives you a cause to pause. But I'm not going to sit here and ignore the fact that Tredavious White is not playing in this game like he played in the first one. Uh, he is he is one of the best corners in football, and he I I believe can can change the way that they would play teams, especially when they play against quarterbacks that can really hurt them. And as those quarterbacks you named, there's not a lot in there that can really hurt them uh, very much. They played against a lot of guys who were inexperienced and a lot of guys that didn't have physical tools to be able to do the things damn sure not the physical tools that Patrick Mahomes has. So uh, listen, my big key to this fellas is yes, their defense is, is, is above average and pretty good and hell maybe one of the best defenses they've played. But if the chiefs stars offensively come to play, if Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and even the big boy up front, these guys that are all pro bowlers, and, and Orlando Brown, if they come to play, the Bills can't stop them dudes. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how top or whatever those numbers say. They don't have anybody that can guard Travis Kelsey, and they don't have anybody that can guard Tyreek Hill, and they don't have anybody that can guard Kelsey when Tyreek Hill has seen multiple uh, defenders in coverage because you got to play Kelsey in some sort of bracket or one-on-one. -on -one. They don't. And we've started to see the pips start to come around, you know, like Hardman and Pringle and Robinson. We've started to see them start to, to, to you know, add some sort of production to the game. So, no, I, I their defense is – numbers are good. But if the Stars come to play for the Chiefs, they ain't got no shot to stop this team. They better hope Josh scores with them. Uh, I agree with that. And I, I think that the Chiefs offensive weapon should be able to put up points. And like, you know, I'm hoping this is like a, just a shootout and neither defense can really slow the opposing offense. I, I think there's reason to believe that their secondary is a little suspect. Like Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are, are both really good safeties, but I think that you can attack their corners. Like, and even that Micah Hyde interception that he had last week against New England Patriots, like, that was an incredible interception, incredible play. Like one of the greatest interceptions I think I've ever seen. If Patrick Mahomes throws that football, it's a touchdown. That football gets there faster if it's Patrick Mahomes compared to Mac Jones. So like, I, I think you can beat this bill secondary and their pass rushes. They put pressure on quarterbacks. They've got some physical guys up front, but their pass rush isn't anything that you have to like drastically fear. They don't have a superstar pass rusher or anything like that.
it's more That's deep than it is them. dynamic. They 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 have a yeah. lot of guys, but they don't have any. They don't have a Chris Jones on their defensive line. Uh, otherwise, I I actually think it's kind of interesting the way they're built defensively. And maybe this goes back to the the history that the Sean McDermott and Steve Spagnuolo have together in Philly. They're kind of built similar to the Chiefs defense. They've got two stud safeties at the back end. They're suspect at corner on the outside. They've got one really dynamic athlete at linebacker, and then they're pretty deep along their defensive line. I actually think if you're looking for the closest comp in the league, honestly, to the way that you can beat this Bills defense, it, it probably is the way that the Chiefs are built defensively. Yeah, like I said, like except though with the Chiefs, and we'll get to them defensively, the Chiefs have – like, but they've got guys that can really win one-on-one battles, and they've got some like star guys. Like they don't have a Chris Jones, correct? And they don't have a I think Ingram and even Frank. You know, from a standpoint of being a rush passer, and I like their safeties, but I'll take Tyron Matthew uh, over them. Oh, I, I think it's really close. I no, I listen. I, I like Poyer and Hyde are, are good. I'll take. I'll take. Matthew in terms of playmaking and everything that he brings I'll take Matthew there like I, I, I just I just I think they've got a bunch of Edmonds is to me is the real potential star he reminds me of Hightower a lot with the Patriots like he's kind of star quality but those I'm just saying when I say those safeties those safeties can can do a lot until 10 is running right in their it's- right in their face and then Matt all of Milano a sudden, is a really good linebacker too. Like he he's a playmaker for them. Yeah, like I said, to me, like to me, Edmonds is the one who is like this dude is big time. Like he's the one that is big time and makes plays and and, and is an elite type of player. Outside of that, I don't think they have that many of them, especially when you compare them to what they have to deal with with the Chiefs. So. Uh, I mean, it's it, it'll be really, really interesting, but the stars have to come out. If the Chiefs' stars play, then that that defense and the rankings that the Bills have will be obsolete because that's not that that's not them against the Chiefs. That's them against the damn Jets, Cam, and all these other players and quarterbacks you've talked about. All right, the the I think the one thing left there when, when the Chiefs have the ball is uh, old McKinnon. Man, he was. Uh, he was one of the best players for that team, especially with with Clyde being out and then Williams having the toe and not being able to push off of it, like Andy said. Uh, he now all of a sudden becomes a key here. And when you look at what he was able to do, that's kind of what you dreamed of what Clyde was going to be, catching the ball on the outside, catching the ball in the passing game, I know it. I know it, sir. And then, and then running the ball effectively to a point where they need it, and he's above a hundred yards uh, in total offense, and it looks easy, right? It didn't look like a struggle harder where you could look around and be like, "Oh, damn, he's got one hundred twenty something yards." That's what you expected. Now Clyde should be back in this game, and maybe Williams as well. But McKinnon has to be a part of this. And the way he played last week, you can't ignore that. The way he played, like that, that that's something you got to look at. And he's got to get snaps. Did anybody else have flashbacks to Damian Williams with the way that yes. we saw him incorporated into the offense? Because to me, I was like, 
this is the Damian Williams offense. Like that, that's what it is. He's a home run hitter where I, I don't think you should expect the same kind of um, consistency from him and the way that he's winning in the inside running game, the way that he did last week against the Steelers. That's just an awful run defense. And we talked about that going into the game, Ron, like that's, that's how you beat the Steelers. They were giving up 200 yards regularly on the ground. That's not the case against Buffalo. It is their weakness offensively is against the run. And I think you can get some some good yardage there. But I think it's more in the way that you saw with Damian Williams, where it's going to be a 40-yard run. And then you're going to get a few that go for three yards. And then you're going to get a 25-yard run. And it's those explosive plays that you're able to get against the Bills, both on the ground and also through the air. I think it's really important that they were able to get their screen game going a little bit last week. That's something that's been missing for much of the season. And McKinnon opens that up because when he's in the open field, whoo, buddy, he's just got a different level, a different gear to him that Daryl Williams simply does not have. And let's be honest, Clyde doesn't have it either. So I think he adds a completely different dimension to the offense, something they've been sorely missing really for the last year and a half since they've been missing, been without Damian Williams and they've been trying to replace it. I think this is what they had in mind for McKinnon when they signed him, and you're just finally being able to see him utilize the way that they were hoping. It's when I saw Jarek McKinnon, like especially in the passing game, and the way Andy was designing plays for him, and he was getting out into open space and like making plays and making guys miss, I was like, oh, this is 2018 Chiefs offense. Like, mm. like the Chiefs haven't had that dimension of their offense for years now and we've all sat back and been like why aren't they trying this with Clyde why aren't they trying this with Clyde and I think some of it has to do with the fact that like BK just mentioned Clyde's just not as explosive as we hoped he was gonna be and he just hasn't really shown that and Jarek McKinnon looks good and maybe Jarek's only got a few games in those legs with all the injuries that he's piled up over the years but let him use it. Let him use the time he's got left on, on this football team to be explosive and create for you. Well, he did it to an certain extent, extent against Denver. Like, he was doing it uh, against Denver as well. It's just they were also mixing in Williams more. But he did it against Denver, and and now he just got a lot more touches because he was – I mean, he was the dude, and they, they may just, you know, forget about Terrence Gore's little brother, and they were just kind of really rolling with McKinnon, but – uh, he becomes something there, and that that threat out of the passing game, because he was making the first person miss at, at you know at a high clip, and when you're able to do that with what and how they're covering the Chiefs behind it, now you're getting chunk, you know, plays that are just easy two yard passes for for Pat that go for twelve or more, and hell he's got touchdowns off of just you know missed plays so. He's a he's a really big key potentially. And it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I, I, that's what it. I was about to ask. I'm curious for you guys. If I told you right now, hey, you've got 25 uh touches, so carries plus targets, 25 touches for the running backs on Sunday. And if I told you all three of them are healthy enough to play, I don't know what that means for Daryl. He clearly did not look at anywhere close to hundred percent, even though he suited up for that game. If I told you you've got 25 touches for the running backs and you can d- divvy them up the way that you think is ideal for Sunday, how would you divvy that up between Clyde, Daryl, and Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, um, I would 
I would think Daryl probably at the back end of this. I think McKinnon should probably get the most touches uh, to me and then followed by Clyde. Um, I think those are the two that probably work in the way that they they want to function in the passing game really in this against this team and they're running it pretty well so i i think i would think in that order uh and i think maybe williams is some short yardage stuff but i think in that order mckinnon clyde and then and then daryl williams well if the chiefs want to you know try to be a little bit more physical run running up the middle and in between the tackles and stuff like i could see clyde getting more carries in this game but I think if you leave this game without Jarek McKinnon having at least 10 touches, it's working against your offense. I, I've got it split up like 12 to 15 for McKinnon, 7 to 10 for Clyde, and then 1 to 5, depending on how it looks whenever he's out there for Daryl. I, I think that's kind of the way that I would like to see it split up. They, but they've got good options. If, if Clyde is able to go, I'm with you, Serta. I mean, you think back to last year, the best game that I think we've seen from Clyde in his career against really Buffalo. was against Buffalo. They did have some defensive linemen out in that one, but he looked really good against them. I think he deserves touches. Don't get me wrong, but I think Jarek deserves the bulk of the load. He earned that last week with the way he played. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, that's when the Chiefs have the ball. Now we move through to when this Buffalo offense that has been rolling has uh, the ball. And here, is, and here is the thing, man. All week long, I have seen the Chiefs kingdom. All of the hardcore delusional fans out there. <laughs> Um, and I love them. They're, they are delusional somewhat. The delusional fans out there pushing this narrative and this conversation. In the first game, in week five, things are going to be so much different in this game than compared to week five because in that game, the Chiefs had so many guys out and they had guys playing 
way too many snaps than they should have. In the first game, Chris Jones, I think this team's most disruptive player when he's rolling, the guy on the defense that can change the game more than anybody, Chris Jones, he was out of that game. Uh, Juan Thornhill, who has been a big a big change in this, uh, in this defense the second half of the season, wasn't playing in that one. Willie Gay, by the way, Willie Gay, uh, what happened today is we're doing this Thursday night. Willie Gay was uh, arrested um, uh, early, uh, or I mean late Wednesday night. He was arrested, uh, and uh, it looks like it was just really property damage that was done, and and, and maybe um, maybe there 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 won't be any discipline from the league in this situation. You never know, but it looks like that that case of misdemeanor. Uh, there, but if there is any reason that he can't go, like in the first game, which we saw a problem for them, that can be problematic. But if I know the Chiefs and I know Andy, he's not going to sit his ass down unless the league makes him. Uh, as uh, so, I think Willie Gay will play. He wasn't in the first game, and you could argue Willie Gay has been this team's best linebacker all around. Travis Ward, who I know sometimes struggles, and for many, it's hard to get. Jamar Chase out of your mind, but Jamar Chase is, is nuts. So, but 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 Ward is a much is is a better option. Has been pretty solid for this team all year. Those guys weren't out, and in that game, Daniel Sorensen played a hundred percent of the snaps. Right. So that's what I've been hearing from Chiefs fans all week: is they didn't have we didn't have Chris Jones, we didn't have Will Gay, we didn't have Travis Ward, we didn't have Warren Thornhill, and they just kept playing. They just kept playing. <laughs> Daniel Sorensen, they played him all game long. They just played him 100. That's all I've heard. My thing is, all of that is absolutely true. And all of that added to the Bills winning 38-20. to 20. But the Chiefs need to make those facts matter in this game. They need to make those facts matter in this game. And why I say that twice is, because the last time they played a really good offense, all these sons of guns were in the game. And the Cincinnati Bengals ran rough shot over their ass. And I'm going to tell you right now, Stephon Diggs is right there as a receiver as Jamar Chase. Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow is right now. They got a squad over there, and they got a group over there, and they were all playing against the Bengals. And the Bengals... They couldn't stop, especially in the second half. So I do think those players not being in the game made a huge difference in that one. But we do know that the Chiefs can be had by a good offense. We just saw it three weeks ago by a good offense if those guys are all in the game. And so what I'm saying is it can be a huge factor in this game because Chris Jones can be a disruptor unlike anybody outside of Aaron Donald coming from the middle. And and Charverius Ward is a better corner than you have to sit there with Mike Hughes out there playing against teams' second or first best receivers. And obviously, Willie Gay is a game changer in there when you got 53's ass in there huffing and puffing all around the field. <laughs> and 56 out there not huffing not and puffing all around the field. It's just not necessary. Your, your point was made. He's real Willie family. Gay out there is a, is a difference than Ben Neiman and old Iowa's finest. Like the outside, like to have those guys in and obviously want them, but they got to make that matter. They've got to make that matter. And against the Bengals, it didn't matter. 
they got to make that matter on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you look at what the Chiefs' defense has done in this second half of the season. It's been super impressive. Like, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. What they did against the Raiders twice, what they did against the Cowboys, although a little shorthanded offensively for them, really impressive. But since the bye week, like, let's be honest. Let's be real about this because we did it again for, for the Bills. We'll do it for the Chiefs as well. You went against the Broncos, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Steelers. Like Those offenses are not what I'm judging you against when I'm also talking about what you can do against Josh Allen and this high-powered Bills offense. Same way that I'm not going to talk about what they did against Mac Jones and say that's comparable to what they're going to see with Patrick Mahomes. The comparable teams that the Chiefs have faced in the second half of the season, specifically since the bye, are the Chargers and the Bengals. And what you did against those teams is the Chargers scored 28 against you. The Bengals scored 34 against you. The Chargers put up 430 yards of total offense against you. And the Bengals put up 475 of total offense against you. Your defense, when you've gone up against these types of teams, has not been great. I don't need you to be great, though. Ron, in this game, those stars that you're talking about that are going to be back, especially Chris Jones, I need you to be special. I need you to come up with a few big plays where you show out and you change the outcome. I need you to make the plays that we saw against the Rams, and the Rams made them against you, unfortunately, on Monday Night Football. Remember that game, how it was such a high-scoring affair? It was high-scoring because the defense also got involved in the scoring. If you're able to change the game with a turnover, with a big-time sack, with a pick-six, something like that, that's the way this game is going to be won defensively because you cannot count on consistent stops against either of these two offenses. But Chris Jones, Willie Gay, Charvarius Ward, the guys that they're getting back in this one, they've got to be able to make their presence felt with some big-time plays. No, like I said, that can matter. Like when you hear that, when you hear it, you say to yourself, hey, we didn't have Chris Jones. We didn't have Juan Thornhill. We didn't have like this, this is a completely different defense. And it can be. Those two, those two, I do think if they were inserted in the game, the game would be different. But as you said, I can't ignore the fact they just played the Bengals three weeks ago. And they had all them dudes. And the Bengals went up. They just played the Broncos, to be honest with you, two weeks ago. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop uh what's the old boy's name from Lee Summit? Drew Locke. Drew Locke. They couldn't stop Drew Locke from running the ball, and, and he scored two damn touchdowns, one of them like 27 yards out. Like that – just think, just think, Josh Allen in that role, and the Chiefs can't stop Drew Locke. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Drew Locke just missed some throws, which he's prone to do. But there were some open receivers. There were some openings there, and he just missed. Like, when you look at that, then you start to think, oh, Chris Jones played in that game. Charis Ward played in that game. Juan Thornhill was playing in that game. Willie Gay was playing in that game. And it, it, it drew Locke nearly put 30 on him. And so, I, I just – those guys can make a big difference. They just have to. Like, they just – they have to make that change matter moving forward in this game. All right. Um, the other part here when the Bills have the ball is – Listen, the one thing you could get was, all right, the Bills are one-dimensional. Like, they ain't gonna, they're going to throw the ball a ton, but running the football, ah, they're not really good running back. And they've tried. They've tried Zach Moss. They've tried Singletary. They'll, they'll try to run, and they don't want to get Josh Allen hurt because they don't want to run him the ball. So their running game is generally uh, – they, they do without it. 
that's not the way they've played now. This combination of Singletary, who has played much better, had over 80 yards rushing in the game against New England uh, on Saturday night, and then Josh Allen has been the change here, fellas. Josh Allen is rushing 50, 60 yards. It feels like a clip here over the last month and has changed their running game with him. And they're, and these aren't and these aren't scrambles. These are designed runs where they pull concussion Mitch Morris a lot around and have him pulling and lead blocking and having Josh Allen coming behind him and things like that. These are designed quarterback draws of what this is the plan, and he gets yards off of scrambles. So their running game is much different in this game, and boy, I think they're going to get theirs in the passing game. If they let the Bills rush for 100-plus yards, 125 yards, I don't know if they can win that game, if the Bills are able to run it too. Yeah, I mean – Josh Allen is a, a difference maker. I, I made the comp earlier of Josh Allen to Cam Newton. That's how he runs, man. Perfect. He is so damn physical in the running game. Third and short, you very well may see them just line up in the shotgun. Josh Allen's going for it. And, and that's the way that they're going to get it on third and short. Uh, the other thing they've done is they've settled on Devin Singletary as their clear-cut number one back. They're not even putting Zach Moss in the game anymore. Like he's, he's barely getting snaps, much less touches. And Devin Singletary has become a really good runner for them. So they have a quarterback that you have to account for in the running game. Now they've got a running back who's able to work off of that quarterback in the running game. And their offensive line, while not great, is pretty good and they are physical and they're willing to beat you up and they, they kind of play with momentum. So if you allow them to get rolling and they get ahead early, and this goes back to what we talked about early on, Ron is you got to get off to a decent start. So they can't just lean on that running game. And then defensively you're just out of breath. And now you've taken Chris Jones strength out of the way. And now the fact that he's playing in this one doesn't matter as much as it would have otherwise. So yeah, you, you got to get some stops early, force them into more third and yep. long situations, make them more predictable. And then even if you do all of that, the thing that sucks is this is what is so unfortunate about playing against Patrick Mahomes. It could be third and 12. Mahomes takes off. He gets 13 yards and he's doing that shimmy as he runs out of bounds. Josh Allen will do that to you as well. And he'll run you over as he's getting to that first yeah. down marker. It's infuriating, but that's, that's what you're going up against in this game. It's, well, it's those, not going to be easy. Those Thank linebackers are, are hugely important in this game. Like and Daniel Sorensen, I'm, I'm accepting he's going to play. Uh, play him on the line out. of scrimmage. He no, seriously, like he could be a spy to him, but they got to hit him and they got to make him pay when they when he's going to run the ball because he's going to do it because he's the difference when he is going up a notch. It changes everything with their RPO and everything they use and in, in, in using Singletary off of him, like Nick Bolton. And Willie Gay, who I would assume is going to get his regular snaps. Willie Gay, those two have to be big, along with Daniel Sorensen, who I think is going to be up at the line of scrimmage a lot, unless the spag is just is just high as a kite and he's gonna put him in the back end. Like those guys have got to hit Josh Allen in a major way. Yeah, like there's if you go back and look at their last month of the season or, or so. It's there's a direct correlation to the success rate of Devin Singletary with Josh Allen running more and having these design runs. So like 
if you're the Chiefs, you got to live with the scrambles when the plays break down, just like opposing defenses have to deal with it when Mahomes does it. You just you live with that and say, whatever, well, we'll, we'll try to stop them on the next set of downs or whatever. But it's the designed runs like you can't let Josh Allen break off 15, 20 yard runs on you. And at the same time, you can't be so overcommitted to Josh Allen that you allow Devin Singletary to break off huge runs on you. This offense is infuriating, man. Like this is this is going up against the Chiefs when they're going on on full strength. Like, it, okay, you stop Josh Allen, sweet. Now you got to worry about Devin Singletary. You stop Devin Single, all right. Well, now they've got this guy in Dawson Knox who's a athletic freak who suddenly has become a good football player as a tight end. Okay, you stop him. Nice. Here's this Isaiah McKenzie kid that we've dropped into the mix over the last three weeks. He runs a 4-3. He's a jitterbug that's going to go across the middle. Okay, you figure out a way to stop all of that other stuff. We've got Stephon Diggs, who's one of the five best receivers in football, and he's going to route you up on the outside. It is an enormous task that they are presented with on Sunday because they have answers for everything that you want to do defensively. This is what it's like to go up against the chiefs. And really for one of the first times all season, we are watching the chiefs defense have to figure that riddle out. No. And, and like to move on as, as we're discussing when the bills have the ball to think like why we've said like somehow putting a cap on Josh Allen and that run game and not letting him get going crazy on the run game is because Josh is going to get his to an extent in the passing game. I'm going to tell you this right now. We talk about Diggs, Stephon Diggs. You just said one of the five best receivers in the game. Cole Beasley has been a safety blanket uh, for, for him in the middle of the field that he likes to go to, especially like third and fives or something like that. He's been that. This Gabriel Davis has come along as a guy that has become big play stuff and down the field. The Patriots could not cover him. At all, you just said McKenzie. Dawson Knox absolutely killed this team last week, and he killed Belichick. I mean, Belichick had time to prepare and, and couldn't do anything. What are you, you laughing at? You forget that they even have Emmanuel Sanders. And then you <laughs> got still, Emmanuel Sanders. He's still like a veteran player who can make plays when he needs to. He called to. a touchdown last week. He did. I mean, he's like, they are good. I mean, and I don't know. Hell, Mitch Trubisky might get in the fold. Who knows? But, I mean. This is a this is a a crew in the passing game that's going to get theirs, and I'm telling you that to me is my biggest concern. Listen, I've watched Mike Hughes the last couple of weeks, and when Rashad Fenton couldn't go, Lord, that back better get together because Rashad Fenton couldn't go, and somehow he kept getting off, uh, getting caught up with Deontay Stonehands Jackson or Johnson. And luckily, Johnson couldn't catch the ball half the time because he was certainly getting separation, and luckily Ben couldn't get it to him. That's not going to be the case this week. Like, you really got to hope that Rashawn Fenton can play in this game and that Mike Hughes isn't stuck on some island somewhere because he's going to get beat out here. They're, the outside passing game on the perimeter with their receivers, that is, that is, to me, the biggest concern in this game for the Chiefs because when you start matching these guys up one-on-one, this this gets scary. And the tough part is like they, they don't have answers for Stefan Diggs because he doesn't no. line up in the slot all that often. He's typically outside. He'll he'll be in there a little bit, but it's not like Tyreek Hill who lines up there a ton. Stefan Diggs will play outside for a, a good portion of this game. 
And that's not where you're going to see Legereus Sneed, who's your best option against him, because Stephon Diggs is dynamic. That dude is going to route you up. He's going to run away from you, and then he's going to create some big-time plays. And that scares the hell out of me. For either Mike Hughes or Traverius Ward, outside corners in this game, man, they are going to test you. The Bills are going to come after you in this one. The way that we saw with the Chargers and the way that we really saw that exposed against the Bengals, that was the last time that you saw a quarterback with wide receivers like this who can actually take advantage of who the Chiefs' outside corners are. The Bills can do that as well. And Josh Allen is completely unafraid. Sometimes it comes back to bite him because he's so unafraid. But if he's got Stephon Diggs one-on-one against Traverius Ward, Man, they'll take that shot and they'll see if it works. And he'll put it into that spot where only his guy can get it. And Stefan Diggs might come down with it. He might get a DPI. Maybe it ends up going to the other team, but they're going to try it. And that's that's what terrifies me going into this game for those corners that you're talking about is I, I don't know what the answer is. D- defensively, I don't think you have one, unfortunately, I outside. I don't know what the answer – I don't – I know what the answer is going to be for Spags. I just don't – you just better hope it works. And the answer is for Spags is he is going to make Josh Allen make quick decisions. He's going to attempt to do it because he is going to blitz. He is going to send pressure, and that's what he is going to do. And it has worked many times. He did it to Justin Herbert and made him make quick decisions, and Justin Herbert was having Mike Williams one-on-one with uh, with with – Ward and, and and Fenton at times, and they were able to get away with it. They couldn't get away with it stupidly sometimes. He was doing it against the Bengals, third and 27. But they could not get away with it against the Bengals, and he was getting hurt because Jamar Chase was just, you know, crazy with it. And his ball skills are better than maybe anybody in the league. But that's what the answer is going to be. He's not going to sit back and let Josh, Josh Allen – you know, just have time to be able to, because if he has time, those cats are going to get open and get some separation and you're going to have problems. So Spags is just going to bring guys and those guys got to get there. And Chris Jones has to make plays and Melvin Ingram, Ingram and Frank Clark, they've got to, to give great pass rushes and those safeties and linebackers. I think Daniel Sorensen should be involved in a lot of blitzing. They got to get home and they got to get his ass down. Because that's going to that right. That to me seems to be the answer to the test. Now, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be any kind of double teaming or anything like that. The answer to the test is we're just going to send blitzes and we're going to hope we get there and knock balls down and make him make rush decisions. Now, the thing is that can really work because that is when you start to get bad, Josh. Like when you get chances where Josh Allen starts to do stupid things and throw throw ill-advised, ill-advised passes, and what we've seen in the past from Josh is when he does have pressure, he can he can give you turnovers. But that's going to be what I think the answer is going to be for Spags. I think that's what he's going to try to do uh, with those guys so he doesn't leave those guys in the back and having to cover those guys for five seconds. I think this is going to be a game of big plays. And it's going to be yep. a game of big plays totally offensively, agree. defensively, special teams. Like, that's how, that's how you're going to win. And so Spags on a third and 12, he's going to annoy the hell out of you as a Chiefs fan because he's going to bring seven. And defensively, you're going to get got sometimes. And that's going to result in a couple of 25-yard plays where you're just pulling your hair out saying to yourself, 
why are you still doing this? Why are you going to engage eight on third and 12 when all you got to do is play a little zone coverage on the back end, right? But the reason why you do it is because on one of those times, Josh might just throw the ball up and it ends up in Chris Jones' hands. Like, he doesn't even know where he's throwing it. He's just getting rid of it. And that that gives your offense another possession that might ultimately win you the football game because they're going to score. The, the Bills are going to get to 27-plus in this game. That's going to happen. And so you got to find a way defensively to come up with a few critical stops or a few big-time yeah. plays where you're able to because you get a sack on second and 10. Now you put them into third and 17, and now they're in a, a tough spot, and they got a punt on the next play because they weren't able to convert on third and 17. That's what Spags is going for. He knows what the task at hand is against this offense. And so, yeah, they're going to take some chances, and it's going to burn them a couple of times. But their hope is if they were able to make on 10 third downs, three big plays, that ends up coming out in the wash, and they feel pretty good about it. Yep. Field goals are good, and and stopping them from, from the big play or even stopping them, like, don't be deterred by it. And I don't think Spags will be. He won't be deterred if on third and nine they get, you know, 17 yards because they're able to get, you know, a completion there on the blitz because they didn't get home. But that's that to me is 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 obviously what Spags wants to do, and that is what the answer is going to be. And I think you just got to hope that they get home and that they're able to get there. All right, we played this game that is sweeping the nation, uh, as it is every week, certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. And this is this is where I want to go on this one. The revenge factor, the payback factor, is that certified or imposter? Because the last time the Chiefs played, they played on Sunday night football in front of the whole country. Al Michaels, the snake, and Chris Collinsworth did the game, and they got embarrassed on their home field in Arrowhead 38-20. to 20. Josh Allen was the best player on the field. They just ran rough shot on this team. Certified or imposter, the payback factor for the Chiefs in this game, are they they motivate, motivated by this, and is this an advantage for the Chiefs, the payback factor in this game? So somebody asked Melvin Ingram about this, and he was That's just like, fair. one, you know, I wasn't even on the team back then. Yeah. He was just like, uh, nah, I mean, he was like, nobody's talked to me about it like that. Like, I, I think it's just, we're just trying to go beat the team that's in front of us. Cause we know that's what we got to do to get to where we want to go. I think that's what this is about. I think some of the players might feel that way. I think that they're like, we're trying to go to a third straight Super Bowl. We're trying to be a dynasty and regarded as one of the greatest team that's teams that's ever lived. And we got to do that by going through the Buffalo Bills this week. I think that's what motivates them. I don't think they care at all about a regular season loss in October. I actually think it's the opposite in terms of the revenge factor. If there's a team that has revenge in this game, it's the Bills. Do you remember that picture of Stefan Diggs? standing on the field after the game last year, taking it all in as the Chiefs were celebrating because they just beat Buffalo 38-24. to And then afterwards, he basically told reporters, I wanted to take that all in because I wanted to remember this moment so I never have to feel it again. 
that's the revenge. That's real. What they had earlier this year in a regular season game, the Chiefs don't care about that stuff, man. They're above that at this point. There was once upon a time where absolutely that would be the only thing in the world as a Chiefs fan and as a Chiefs player that they cared about. In 2022, when this team is passionate about winning a Super Bowl, that's been the goal since day one. Yeah, I I don't think that that early season loss against the Bills is what's going to do it for them. I do think that the Bills have a lot of revenge that they would like to get off in this game. That being said, I do think there's one player that has some extra motivation going into this one, and that is Patrick Mahomes. All of this stuff that you're seeing this week about Josh Allen being in the same category as him, man, we know he's a guy that takes notes. We saw him counting on his fingers going into that Bears game and talking about, hey, hey, you guys talk, took Mitch Trubisky over me? Okay, all right, I see how that's going to go. That's the guy that is going to be extra motivated, but I don't think any of it is because the Chiefs got embarrassed earlier this year against the Bills. I think it's because the Bills they have a quarterback that's in the conversation with Patrick Mahomes now, and I think the Bills are the one that's got that revenge tour that they're going on. See, I would have normally agreed with you, and I think it's certified because – I'm going to say imposter. I didn't say that. So imposter for me as well. Yeah, I forgot. I think, that part. It, I think it's certified because normally I think I would go with you that they wouldn't really give a damn about a regular season game. But I think it was on Sunday night football, and I think it became a big deal afterwards. And I think many people believe that the Bills have a real shot in this game because of how that game went. And there's something about embarrassment on your home field like that. And then it's led to people in the public and media saying, oh, man, Buffalo is right there with them. Look how they're playing and look what they did in week five against them. And when you look at it, I think the Chiefs look at that and feel like they shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. The the, the turnovers were flukish, I bet, in their mind, and and, and really they were. Like mm-hmm. one was just an amazing play that I don't think a defensive end could ever make again. And then a pick six that just went through Tyreek's hands. Like I, I think they look at this and say, oh, these people think that these guys can really play with us. That stuff was flukish. So I think this stuff does eat with the Chiefs and eat with them. And I think there are – I don't think the regular season game against the Bengals really mattered to them. But I think this one – I think the ass-kicking they took against the Titans, I think those two games mean like meant something to them because it it propelled people to believe those teams were better than them. And when that happens, I think that is something that gets their attention and pisses them off when people think that other teams are better than them. So I, I will say there is some revenge factor for what happened in Week 5 for the Chiefs. I think – I think the payback thing is a real thing. I really do. All right. This is the playoff edition. All right. They won last week. We both didn't think it was going to be – all of us didn't think it would be close last week, and we were right. I think I was the closest. I mean, nobody's counting here. Um, I mean, I had 41 to 10. All right. But anyway, um, all right. So what's your predictions this week? Go ahead, Serta. I've been been texting you guys all week. I've been going back and forth all week and I'll, I'll settle on Buffalo and be like, okay, I'm picking Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to do this. And then I'll talk myself in the chiefs. Now, like there's all these other factors why I should pick the chiefs. I'm picking the chiefs. 
38-37. That's I have no <laughs> real explanation for it. That's just what I'm feeling. That's what I'm going with. That's what I feel in my heart and soul. 38-37. Wow. Ron, how, okay. how, how many times have I picked the Chiefs opponent this year? Oh, I'm, have I, I? I think once. Once and you got eight up. Who was it? I think you picked the Chargers. I think that I think might be you, right. I think that you picked right. the Chargers. Yeah. It, it's pretty rare that I go against the Chiefs. This Bills team is terrifying, man. Josh Allen is playing on another level. I don't think their defense is as legit as the numbers would suggest, and we laid out that case earlier today. But they are on a revenge tour, just like I mentioned. Stephon Diggs is a weapon that the Chiefs don't have an answer for. Dawson Knox has been playing really well, and you're going to see it. I know we are going to. They're going to put Daniel Sorensen on him, and at some point in this game, Dawson Knox is going to have a big play against him. I don't think either defense is going to come up with many stops. I think this game is going to go well over the 54 points that the point total is right now. I did find this interesting in terms of the Vegas side of things. The Chiefs are a one and a half point favorite over the Bills. The Patrick Mahomes era Chiefs have never been less than a two and a half point favorite at home. Never. This is the first time that that will be the case. I'm taking the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills to win 37-34. I think it is really close. And I... I'm not going to be surprised if the Chiefs win this one, but I think this is the Bills' year. I think they are taking that next step the way that the Chiefs did after they had that dramatic loss against the Patriots. I think the Bills end up taking this one down 37-34 in Kansas City. All right, interesting, see. Serta, you were going back and forth. He actually went ahead and did it. Uh, look, here, here is my thing. Um, I love great players, and I love greatness. And I think Patrick Mahomes is a great player. I think Josh Allen has been playing like a great player. I think Mahomes is a great player. And I need to see Mahomes lose a game to Josh Allen first before I be- like a game that matters in the playoffs before I believe that Patrick Mahomes will allow Josh Allen to get him. Um I so I I think Josh Allen's very very good. Um, but I do think that Mahomes is in that Brady mindset. And I honestly believe, as I said this earlier, the team that will win will have the best player on the field, will have the best quarterback on the field. And I think it will be the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I got to see it first. I have to see Josh Allen beat Pat Mahomes at home in a playoff game with everything on the line before I pick it and Andy Reid is also over there sitting there and I bet you he's got some stuff for this team and he watched them and played them the first time and saw what they did I bet you he's got some stuff up his sleeve to help uh his guys perform better so I I'm going to lean on Patrick Mahomes I got the Chiefs winning this game 31 to 27 a close game four-point game 31 27 I have the Chiefs moving on to the AFC Championship game. And by the way, I have them hosting the AFC Championship game because I think the Bengals uh, are going to give Tennessee that work. I'm telling you, I watched the Titans struggle against Davis Mills and Danny Amendola with my own eyes in the second half. Danny Amendola, the corpse of him, got 100 and 
40 something yards passing and two touchdowns, receiving and two touchdowns in a game to Davis Mills, that secondary. So, uh, 36, I believe. 36. Yeah, he was just he was just chilling in suburban Houston and 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 Nick Casario called him up. And he hadn't played for weeks until that game with some sort of injury and COVID, and then he just went insane against the Titans <laughs> uh, secondary. All right, so, Serta, I know this playoff weekend, playoff edition, uh, what's going on, everything after the game. I know Sunday night, I know you're thrilled to be up all night long uh, for the post game and everything. Let them know what's going on. Yeah, so if you're trying to figure out what you want to do ahead of the game on Sunday – our very own Ron Cop is going to be hosting a Twitter space with our friends from Buffalo Rumblings, our sister site here at SB Nation. That'll be on Twitter at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. So if you're looking for something to listen to, get you pumped for the game, totally tune into that. It's going to be awesome. Other Arrowhead Pride contributors are going to stop by. It should be a good time. And then, as always, you can catch me and Rocky Magana immediately following the Chiefs game while they're Head Pride Rapid Reaction Show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We'll podcast it afterwards. So please make sure you check it out. And as always, subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing at Arrowhead Pride. All right. Hopefully, VK uh, is wrong, and we're talking about an AFC championship game next week uh, between the Chiefs and either the Bengals and the Titans. All right, that's showing BK on the Chiefs. We are out. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.